Welcome back to the man's favorite podcast. Uh, it's you me. forgot the question. No, I added it. It was very subtle, but I added it. <laughs> it was very subtle. It, I added it at the end. Uh, it's humor, me, like. Cameron, um, joined by my co-host Kate, who hey. actually uh, have some special announcement. Um, Kate has just been awarded a prestigious prize. Um, the yes, the Nobel Award for having no taste. Oh, oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. So give it up, everyone at home. Give it up for Kate. Um, Thank you. I think. I, do I get a speech? No, you don't. You don't. Um, they don't let you. I um, just want to. I just want to shout out my uh, predecessor for ten years running, Cameron. <laughs> ten years running. <laughs> Damn. You've had ten years of bad taste, bro. <laughs> Well, I'm looking forward for the next 10 in which you reign supreme. <laughs> uh, yeah. I uh, am in my villain arc, to be fair. True, true. Yeah, you, you started uh, rating things on Letterboxd again. I did. Um, <laughs> and you're, yeah, you're given zero Fs. It's true. Right? Is that true? Yes. No, yeah, yeah. yeah. That was the reports, at least. You weren't giving a single F, and it looks, yeah. <laughs> um. <laughs> I don't know what that means. <laughs> yeah, no. There <laughs> Yeah, I think there are rumors that you were give, still giving a few Fs. Um mm. but uh yeah, I guess it's nice to hear you confirm that the number is in fact 0. Um <laughs> So anyway, yeah, um today's double feature is uh selected by me, um which is The Discreet Charm of the Bourgeoisie, the Louis Buñuel film. And La Grande Bouffe, the <laughs> Marco Ferrari film um, from 1972 it, and 1973, respectively. Is it, Le, uh, is it Le Grande Bouffe? Bouffe? I just said Bouffe. Bouffe sounds funny. Bouffe. I think that's Pass French. The bouffe. <laughs> it's French, so it's it's it would be like Le Grande Bouffe or bouffe. something like that. Bouffe. The Italian title is Le Grande Bouffata. Bouffata. I see. Yeah, and in English, <laughs> it was called Blowout in English. Um, really? What? It, it, like somewhere. I think that might have been like the at the time it was called that when it was released. Um, I don't know, but I, I've seen it as Blowout in some places. I wonder what um, De Palma felt about the movie. <laughs> yeah, he, he was inspired. He was like, it was a great picture. I want to do my own spin on it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, the yeah. Antonioni blow-up has nothing to do with Blowout. It was this one. Exactly, yes. Um, but yeah, so I, I chose these basically. I wanted to watch La Grande Bouffe. Mm-hmm. Um, I, was trying to, I was trying to challenge my co-host. Yeah. Um, I was like, all right, what's like a movie that Kate wouldn't like that much that I think <laughs> I will like? Um, but that was only like semi what I was thinking. And then I watched yeah. the movie and I was like, oh, Kate's going to like this and whatever. Um, but yeah, I, I paired I paired that with the discreet charm of the bourgeoisie because uh, I also hadn't seen this, and it was another film that seemed like kind of like semi like commentary on uh, the bourgeoisie, um, and also it, but primarily had to do with a group of people getting together to eat a meal. Um, yeah, yeah, th- that's the thing, you know. In in one movie, they get together for the meal and they don't eat, and in the other movie, they get together for the meal and they and eat they way don't. too much. Yeah, they don't <laughs> stop eating. They don't <laughs> stop eating. So yeah, in a way, they're like, yeah, they're kind of the opposite, but also they have some in common. 
I definitely yeah, thought yeah. they had some in common in many other ways too. But um, yeah, I yeah, think no, it was a good pairing. It was a good pairing. Um, yeah, it was a, it was a solid enough pairing. It, it was nice to uh, see a Buñuel film for the first time. Cross that Same. off the list, you know. Absolutely. Um, I think for both of us, we hadn't seen any. Uh, just yeah, never really came up for me. I don't know. I think mm-hmm. um, just never ha- haven't explored that quite yet. Uh, even though I've watched a number of films from his contemporaries and whatnot, yeah. uh, and also people who are influenced by him, I've seen plenty. Gotcha. Uh, I've been yeah. I've been watching lots of Rivet recently, and he loves Bunuel. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, even Ferrari has said in interviews that Bunuel is an influence on him. So, uh, a mm-hmm. great pairing for another reason. Um, and uh, yeah, no, it, it's it's definitely clear to me now, like why Bunuel is a well liked filmmaker. Like what ideas he's handling and how he does it is definitely interesting. It wasn't entirely yeah. for me the movie. But I did like, I did kind of like it. I did enjoy it uh, to an extent. Um, like I said, I've been watching lots of Rivets. So uh, Bula over yeah, here, <laughs> she's she's in uh, Discreet Charm. Uh, and she's like a regular Rivet. Of... Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So yeah. So yeah was, I also haven't it, seen any Rivet films. So. Okay. Okay. So yeah, but I'm just saying, like you know, this this fit in well with like where I am right now in movie watching. Yeah. Gotcha. Um, totally. And, um, yeah, like, I, I think the whole, honestly, the whole central cast, I will say, is, like, one strength of this movie. I liked pretty much everyone, uh, even if, you know, not everything they did was funny. I thought they were all pretty charming. Um, I'm not remembering mm-hmm. all of the names, but I know one of them is, like, a Spanish dictator, right? Uh, um, like, like an amb- he's an ambassador. Oh yeah, and he's an ambassador, right? Sorry. Yeah, it's yeah. it's for the re- the fictional Republic of Miranda, which is uh, I guess a Latin American country. Okay. Um, okay. Yeah. Um, so yeah, this film is uh, a uh, as I, as some might say a uh, a scathing commentary on um, the the bourgeoisie. Um, a deliciously satiric takedown of the rich and powerful. Potentially. <laughs> Yeah, did I say that or? Yeah, that, that was, was that? your letterbox. Okay, I'm yeah, assuming you was... got that from somewhere else. As like a no, joke. I think I just said that. That was like my Naglia, like oh, you know, one liner. Because <laughs> it's delicious. <laughs> yeah, you know. That's okay, um, okay. That's funny. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I also I wasn't uh, too into the film, unfortunately. I okay. um. I think. Um. Buñuel, like, just from what I can tell immediately, is that he's a he's a very talented f- filmmaker, and he's, um, I I think he works really well in the um in the scene to scene execution. I think all of Definitely. the scenes are well framed, well blocked, um, and he shoots the interiors quite well and and stuff. I think I def- yeah, like absolutely. immediately, like I'm I was drawn. That's the one thing I was drawn towards with the film. Yeah. Um, but it, it just, it left me really cold. And I, I think um, a lot of that was the approach to some of the performances, um, hmm. just a, a very detached style. But I, I think, yeah. I think primarily I, I just, I think my eyes just rolled every time we went into a, you know, seemingly um, progression advancement of the narrative and we come to find that it's 
a dream sequence or you know someone wakes up from it or we are in the midst of a of like you know some some form of scene progression you know um like the scene when when all the military men come to the dinner yeah. and it's you know it's kind of fun and it's just interrupted by like a dream and yeah. i and and what does the dream do for me is like it has to be a direct continuation of for me our you know our core of characters or at, at least the extension to that one military officer but this is a guy who comes in we don't know him and then starts telling his story and uh, <laughs> and i just like i cannot get into that at all interesting okay um so yeah that, that stuff honestly i liked uh okay I, I i agree with you about the dream sequences specifically though those were like okay like I don't understand the point of separating this from reality. Uh, I, I just, yeah, it, it just it didn't it didn't feel like it was necessary. Uh, but yeah. I did I I did actually I would say like the the soldiers the two soldiers who tell the story those are honestly probably my favorite scenes. Uh, I just really uh, I, I just thought they were the most interesting uh, things that happened in the film. For me, it was very uninteresting when it just like it stayed in that upper class milieu and then just kind of, they just like did like a gag here and there. And I, I especially felt that in the second half of the movie where it was just like extended scenes of just them like talking and then they would just yeah, like, it, yeah, it definitely goes off the rails further as you get deeper into it. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think, uh, could you expand on what about those scenes you appreciated in the context of the film or at least, you know, independently? I think because the thing with these kinds of comedies where it's like a it's it's satire, right? You know, it's it's taking these subjects that we loathe and that we're supposed to loathe and just kind of watches as they make fools of themselves, which in a way like I definitely appreciated early on in the first half. Uh, some of those scenes mm -hmm. where they had like, you know, they had like very stupid conversations without realizing it or, you know, they'd. Uh, it, or just like the the kinds of situations they'd get into and be like, oh god, and they wouldn't know how to react to it. For example, uh, another scene I really loved was when, near the beginning where they go to that restaurant and the owner is dead and he's just in the back of the restaurant uh -huh. and you see like how uncaring they all are about that old man and they're all like, some of them are like, oh no, we'll just stay here and eat, you know, <laughs> just like, <laughs> just you know, yeah, who, who cares if there's a dead body sitting there? We came here to have a good time, so we're going to have a good time. And it's just like, you know, that kind of oblivious attitude uh, definitely worked for me. And I think uh, to go back to what you asked me, those two stories with the military guys where to kind of set this up for someone who may not have seen this movie, basically uh, what happens in both situations is these uh, the military member just comes up to them and just is like, all right, I have a story I need to tell everyone. And then they're like, okay. <laughs> and then the military guy mm -hmm. just tells them the story, and then they go into the whole sequence and everything. Uh, and I don't know. I guess that like kind of that break into fantasy, uh, and was just really compelling to me because of how direct it was. Uh, and those stories in particular kind of fed into that oblivious uh, attitude of the rich people, where they don't, they kind of see like this. Uh, this this person that they're sending out to kill for them uh get to see like what his mental is like at a given point 
Uh, mm-hmm. It, it kind of like it was like a direct look into the psyche of a soldier, uh, which I think for it, it kind of like broke into that bubble that this movie creates. If that makes sense, that's why I appreciate. Yeah. Okay. It. I got you. Uh, um. Yeah. Th- that was like the long-winded explanation, but yeah. <laughs> well, uh, yeah. I I think for me, I I think it's too indirect of a connection to the point okay. where I wonder okay. like what like does this build enough on to the uh, to like the central thesis of the movie let's say like is this something i'm compelled by in relation to the you know this this commentary on the bourgeoisie you know even if it's it's a very loose commentary it's 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 primarily trying to be like a fun and funny film you know yeah it's it doesn't it's not too concerned with like you know being like deep or like you know, deliciously satiric takedown. It's really not. It's, it doesn't feel that way. At least it just seems like Boonwell's trying to have fun, in a sense, as opposed to is, you know really is. digging deep into, into these characters. Uh-huh. Um, but those scenes just aren't enjoyable to me. And yeah, they're very like awkwardly. They awkwardly balance. They're sort of like, jarring. They're very jarring. I'll yeah, they they're not like particularly funny any of them and they're not they they're not like trying to be funny so it's it's those are the scenes that make me question like what the motives are of Boonwell and and you know kind of make me rethink like my I guess my idea of what the film was supposed to be. Okay, um, I I understand that. I, I guess that's what I was looking for in a way, just because like so much of the movie just felt so one note and wrote. Like I kind of yeah, I kind of I mean, needed yeah. those breaks if that makes sense. Like, um, it, gotcha. Yeah, and, and at least like I, I will say again, like I think the first half had a higher hit ratio, hit to miss ratio. The the second half when it just became like those long winded sequences, it just kind of lost me. Um, yeah, definitely. And yeah, like I just. Uh, again, I do like the characters. I I will say w- without bias, like Bulla Ogier's character was probably my favorite. She's like, she's like the <laughs> sister. She's like the sister yeah, of yeah. Uh, one of the one of the uh, trophy wives. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, and she's you know she's basically like, she's the really cynical one who's always you know, kind of poking fun at everything they say, which, which kind of again it just made her a more like human character. Again, like I'm not a child. I know. I know, like, depiction is not endorsement, but, like, I don't know. I guess for me, like, I just, I got bored watching these rich people, like, uh, like, hoo-ha okay. their way through a lot of what they were hoo haing their way through, I guess. <laughs> okay, yeah. Sense. I think, um, yeah. I, I, I think it seems like we mostly have, like, not necessarily opposite um, issues with the film, but, um, you know, I enjoy a lot of, like, the interactions between the rich people. Mm-hmm. Like that. That's like okay. This is watchable. Yeah, yeah. But there are moments. There are just so many moments that break out of the narrative for me. And in addition to like the dream sequence loops, you know, the dreams within dreams, kind of. Those and, weren't that uh, good. Yeah, I'll say that. No, much. and and yeah, and then this the, the anecdotes from the soldiers. You know, not just that, but there's also just like some things that just break down the immediate narrative and the, and the direct representation of the people. Like, mm-hmm. you know, you have some, like, uh, there was a moment that I noticed that's like, 
when they have the housekeeper and they ran out to like have sex, you know, to like escape from oh, their yeah. people. That like that's a fun actually. scene. Like I like yeah. that scene. Um, yeah. but the housekeeper tells the man like that the tells them tells them that the man and the wife like ran off, mm-hmm. and I it's it it seemed like an unnatural choice after they had said like you know they had talked to her about it and it just seemed like an unnatural choice to like get this sort of escape go into motion set this escape into motion where they're like afraid and they start running away because they think the cops are after them and that's why they ran, ran away and there are just a few there are just moments like that that take me out um interesting or just like okay this just feels really like engineered kind of and and that, that was yeah. like the first time where i noticed that and um but I mean, there's nothing. There's nothing inherently wrong for me with like scenes that are constructed or engineered in a certain way to be set off. Uh, like I think, especially okay. in the case of this movie, Bunuel clearly has like ideas he wants to get at, and, like with regards to how these people behave. Um, uh huh. And it, it reminds me of something like Renoir's Rules of the Game in that way, you know, where it's all about their behavior, kind of uh, dictating the satire. Um, yeah. And well, their their interactions as well, uh, and you know the, the blocking as well, the um, the camera moves. A lot of those I loved. A lot of the zooms in this one, they mm-hmm. they almost reminded me of like Hong in a way, just like with how like slow and lumbering <laughs> some of them were. You know what I mean? Um, and you know, like it, they they all felt very purposeful as well. Uh, so that was, I think, a lot of even though there were definitely scenes where I didn't like laugh very much at all. I felt like the filmmaking kind of helped like carry me yeah. through or kind of helped me understand what the scene was getting at in a certain way. Yeah, and I and I will say there's like the the fact that near the end it's it kind of breaks itself down and reveals itself as kind of like this basically this potentially entirely dreams like this entirely dream scenario or false reality, you yeah. know, and that and that does benefit those that that does retrospectively benefit those moments where I feel like there's some sort of unnatural progression of the narrative sure. that feels uh, deterministic and forceful. Because um, those scenes have a particular meaning. That's why they're so, like, they follow but a certain then, direction. But then yeah. again, it all breaks down for me under the guise of this is all a dream because that yeah. <laughs> me- just means nothing to me. Sure, you know? sure. I get you. That that just is not insight, insightful for me. It's it's not like a. Uh, to me, it's it's not like a uh, specific and a specific form of like psychoanalysis that you can. Um, get any insights from it? Just seems like a playground to explore whatever, you know, ideas you want and yeah, and, or I guess it, like narrative ideas that you want, not necessarily like. Uh, fungible thematic ideas like sure yeah yeah do you have anything you'd like to add about the film uh, i don't know i think we've honestly covered most of it from my angle <laughs> like yeah. i think we could... it, it, it's kind of hard for me to because again like you know th- this movie has a lot of concrete ideas about you know about class and about behavior and you know the the kinds of attitudes they they formed uh the the obliviousness they had to a lot of people suffering 
uh, you know, that all comes through, but I kind of just like, there's no, there aren't too many like notable things that happen that we haven't already talked about, I guess. Um, and, uh, like, yeah, I guess, I don't know. It, it just kind of, even though I understand what it's going for in a lot of scenes, it just still feels kind of empty to me, but I hope, I hope there's other Boonwells out there that are better. Cause I do find value in his style. And I think, uh, uh, there may be other films of his that I respond to a lot better. Yeah, I, I'm sure there are because, you know, my issues aren't with the filmmaking technique as much as the approach. So I, I don't think the I... The specific approach of the story, yeah. Yeah, the narrative approach is just like, like, no. Like, you're not... There's no way... There's no way to make this good for me, you know? Mm-hmm. There, there's no way to make this work w- yeah. for me when you're doing this much nesting of of dreams and uh, I mean maybe there is but it definitely has to be more familiar and more sure. um, <laughs> intertwined with the with a some form of reality that mm. you can latch on to but uh, yeah I'm sure he's I'm sure he has some very good films yeah, um, yeah. is the point of that yeah, I, I would I would probably give Discreet Charm like a six. Like I definitely it was six out of ten. Yeah, there there were, there were flashes of good stuff, you know. Uh, overall, it wasn't a fully for me, but I'm yeah. L- like we said, Boonwell definitely interested in checking out more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for me this is fairly watchable. There's there's a number of like pretty fun scenes like with the um, with the one guy and the and the blonde lady who's cheating on her husband with this guy oh yeah <laughs> and um the terrorist lady who then comes in like there's there's fun scenes near the beginning but it just it falls down a rabbit hole to me of just continual increasing eye rolls of just like seriously like come on we don't have to like this is, sure. this is i have to be another guy waking up because i'm not gonna <laughs> i'm not looking back on this movie like what does it all mean you know what i mean like that's not yeah that's not me like i'm not I watch a movie and I understand it and I hope to understand it more as time goes on. I, I don't think back on a movie like, oh, you know, this... I don't try to place the nesting of the narrative in that sense because it, it also doesn't feel like there's, like, like something you could maybe, like, semi-trace out and, like, or maybe have, like, you know, this explanation or this explanation, um, which both equally service it. It's just kind of, like, seriously? Like, okay. Like, it comes out of nowhere for you. Yeah, it it's just like it just like is not something that I'm like okay cool like this is fun yeah. um, or like yeah. I get this <laughs> whatever I'm just saying reactions. Um, <laughs> no no. no but yeah, that's I don't know. It's a five out of ten movie. Okay. Um, yeah. No, that's that's a fair rating. Yeah. This is the shortest one we've done. Um, that's any more to the say? Shortest segment we've done. <laughs> no, I I think. I'm good. I kind of honestly, I do kind of want to move on to the next one. <laughs> all right, all right. Let's uh, take a quick break and then come back. Sure, sounds good. And we're back. We're back on the Man's Favorite Podcast um, to Podcast. talk n- next about uh, La Grand Bouffe. Um, La Grand Bouffe. Past the Grand Bouffe. Marco Ferrari, Ferrari's 1973 controversial. Uh, it was controversial. Satir- I mean, very controversial. That makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> um, before we get into it, I have a trivia question for you. This film oh, uh, stars a number of big-time actors. Marcello yes. Mastroianni, Ugo Tognassi, Michel Piccoli. 
uh, you know. Those are really good accents. Name a few. <laughs> Italian. This is a French movie, though, which I didn't expect. Whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway, um, Marcello Mastroianni, he worked with a number of non-Italian uh, filmmakers. Uh-huh. Um, which of these directors did he never get a chance to work with? Um, Raul okay. Ruiz, Jacques okay. Demy, Claude Chabrol, Roman Polanski, or Manuel de Oliveira? <sighs> Ooh. <laughs> okay. I'm going to guess Chabrol. Final answer? Yeah. Do you have any uh, reasoning for that, or is that just... No, no, just a guess. (laughs) Well, that is correct. Good job. Yes, let's go. Good job. Yeah, I guess, yeah, for some reason, I just felt like he was the least likely director of those. Fair. Yeah, I kind of threw him in as, like, kind of, like, maybe a little more popular than each of them, but, like, okay, a little bit. Uh, no, like that, a that's a, that's a very so. good question. Really yeah, well know, thought I, out. I didn't try to make it like too out out of hand. I was like, okay, that that could make sense. Yeah, yeah thank definitely. you, and I'm I'm proud of you for answering it correctly. Thank you. <laughs> I wasn't um, expecting to. <laughs> so yeah, the the grand booth, which uh, um, which uh, Roger Ebert. I I, I had a I, I had the oh. booklet. I got my my bl- the Blu-ray, the Arrow Blu-ray for which. Has some oh, you have it's the got, Arrow Blu-ray. That's awesome. Yeah, it's got a bunch of uh, contemporary pans. Roger Ebert did not like this movie. He thought it was gross, and it, he says he says this film, like The Exorcist, which I guess he really likes, has no philosophical meaning behind it. Wow. Which, which I was like, what the fuck? Interesting. <laughs> what Interesting. seriously? The Exorcist doesn't have any phil- whatever. What? <laughs> I'm like, what? That doesn't seem How right. You, that doesn't. No, he. That's a, he that's gives, a Roger Ebert take. That's no, a he classic gives take. The Exorcist four stars out of four, and he says it has zero philosophical f- philosophical meaning behind it. What? Doesn't make I look, any sense. Uh, yeah, whatever, bro. No, I, but yeah, no. So clearly, my point He's being, so funny. no, the critics didn't get it. The critics didn't get yeah. this movie. Yeah. Which I'm, was. I guess I'm a. I guess I'm a critic. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> great. Great film. Yeah, I ha- it also has these, uh, it has a couple of uh, uh, of clips from, like, the Cannes uh, press conference and then an interview oh. as well. Oh, and wow. Inter- okay. <laughs> the, the press conference is one guy telling him, like, this. you say this is a political film because of its commentary on consumerism. And Marco Ferrari, who's this huge Italian guy, a really big Italian guy with, like, a, what do you call it, one of those beards that's, like, a... It's like a lumberjack type of beard where it's just okay. the bottom. It's really hairy, yeah. you know, like a chin strap, but a really thick like, one. Yeah, you know? I get you. <laughs> and he's like, I didn't know. I never said that it was a political film. <laughs> I was like, that is a guy. He, the, really? the journalist wrote that on the paper. And, That's very interesting. Okay. And he was like, he's like, you say this is a commentary on consumerism. And then he, he's like, yes. And he's like, well, doesn't that mean it has ecological pretensions? And he's like screaming at it. It's so funny. It's just like can press conference. He's like yelling at this guy, and the guy's That's yelling crazy. back. <laughs> but yeah, and then there's this like TV interview with like a French guy, and huh. um, and with like three of the main actors, no Marcello, and he's like, what? They're they're talking about the movie, and he's like, this has been called a 
horror film and Michel Piccoli is like defending is like it's about affection it's about friendship and they're like kind of going into like this we feel like extra special about this movie because we feel like we had you know a lot of creative input on it um because we were all just us working together in house and um and then he was like all right the interview's like all right let's get back to the topic were the fart sounds in the movie real or were those just sound effects? <laughs> and they're like, what? They're so, they're like, they're mere sound effects. It doesn't mean anything. It's like, he's like, That's hilarious. And then he, and then he asked, the next question he asked, they're like so annoyed. The next question he asked him is like, that tune you play on the piano in the, in the movies is very good. Uh huh. Um, he's like, can you, can you hum that for us? <laughs> and they're like, no. <laughs> like, no, I, I don't, I don't think I, I have the tune right now. And then one of the guys is like, you want to turn us into some, some singers? And I was like, well, they're getting so mad at this guy. And he's like, he's asking the dumbest questions. And I'm just like, all right, interview over. The clip ends, yeah. But yeah, Jeez. so, uh, yeah. I, I, uh, so yeah, a lot, lot of people who are kind of classifying this movie in ways that Ferrari doesn't want them to be classified, I guess. That's interesting. Yeah, I mean... Of, yeah, it's it's definitely like an in, uh, it's a unique piece of art. Like I, I understand that, uh, it's it's very hard to like classify. There, there's a lot of stuff going on in the movie, and I'll give it that much. Uh, I just it, for for me, it just wasn't very enjoyable. Consistently okay. Enough. Well, <laughs> um, yeah, the, the grand boof. Um, yeah, I really like this movie. Okay. For yeah. starters, um, it's about four buddies get together yeah kind of mysteriously like under yeah. mysterious uh pretenses in a sense they get yeah. together at a house and they just keep eating and they keep eating and, and you know spoilers they get <laughs> they get down into it and you kind of realize they just came here to eat themselves to death yeah and <laughs> that's their plan and that's the mission and, and you know there's no going back um <laughs> But yeah, um, I think in terms of any sort of meaning that this film could give, I think that is clouded. This is a uh, compliment. It's it's clouded by Ferrari never going strictly into an allegorical meaning in any sense, and and never trying, never allowing you to imprint your personal interpretation onto the film. In my sure. opinion. Um, I, I don't think I think it's not like it's not like specifically allegorical enough to be like this is about consumerism and you eat you you eat too much maybe and then and then you know too much of that great thing is really bad or something because it's also at the same time it's about a deep love and appreciation for like sex and eating food and it's because there. It, it's so like the way in which those things are portrayed is so delicate and beautiful um, to these characters. It's it's. I, I think for so many in so many ways it it doesn't allow you to put this specific meaning onto it and acts as effectively so specifically this story of these four types of dudes who made this decision who come together to kill themselves in this specific way. Um, and I think that's where it really gets its power from, for me. That's interesting. Yeah, I think, yeah. in a way, for me, that that kind of bites itself in the foot, in a way, where I, I, I understand that there's, there's a great amount of ambiguity to what's being portrayed, but I don't 
Well, I don't think there's. I don't think there's. Makes it impenetrable in a sense. Okay, I don't know if there's ambiguity to it, in terms of the in terms of the particular. Well, yeah, like I, I would. I don't know if I'd say that either. Like it's it's very obvious these guys are just like like mean rich people, and then yeah, they they just they eat a lot. Like I, I don't know, like it just kind of. I don't think there's too much to it in the first place. Uh, in terms but of like, but like as far as like what interests me, like I get, mm -hmm. I get there's a lot of ideas to the film, but like I don't think it all like coheres in any significant way or in a way that like leaves an imprint for me. Um, but you know we can like you know we can go through like some of the key sequences, I guess. Uh, well, I, I mean we don't really have to. If you know you can just expand on what particularly is not I mean which aspects of it are particularly not working for you from like a you know the approach to the story or the presentation just, of the characters it, or yeah like, okay so so one thing I will say is like I thought it's very well shot I, I think uh, Ferrari does have like yeah. really interesting directing instincts like, I, I, I knew mean, you would like that li like um, like he said he's he's very uh, he's very inspired by Boone well I definitely saw okay know, I didn't like, say that, a but... similar a similar sense of the camera no I didn't say you said that I said he oh, said okay. That. oh okay <laughs> Ferrari said that in an interview he I said, thought you I said I said, said that go no, no. He he said he said Tex Avery and Boone Well were like the biggest influences on this, oh, which I can okay. I can see both of. There's like definitely like a uh, like a cartoonish like pop sensibility to some of it, mm -hmm. uh, with some yeah, of sure. the broadness. Uh, but like also you know uh, like like how Boone Well like very meticulously stages everything, and you know um, all these spaces feel so like lived in, and you mm -hmm. the details there, the the textures there, like you know it's just you immediately you feel like the decadence just like oozing off the screen that was one thing i very much appreciated about the film it, yeah it's definitely um, it's it's definitely has a very grand visual approach it, absolutely it's all very, these a very dramatic lighting and yeah um, yeah it's it's very visceral in that way and you know that that keeps sure. that that kept me at least like somewhat interested sometimes but mm. <laughs> um you know i I guess I guess for me like eventually the 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 very like plain presentation of all the grotesqueness just kind of it just kind of like left me cold like I, I just I very much kind of like kind of like what we were saying about discreet charm honestly like it just kind of the 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 style of humor was just like so like drawn out and repetitive like it just kind of it just failed to leave an impression on me uh, like a, a lot of it for example in the especially in the first half was just like endless scenes of them eating and then like discursing about like you know uh just like like random stuff like or they, they'd be like projecting like titties on the screen like yeah you're talking about <laughs> yeah titties, and, which and is like, awesome like I, 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 it, in a in a certain way it could be like i just didn't feel like the sense of humor was all that you know compelling for me uh in those moments at least uh one thing I really liked early on was like everything with Marcelo in the car. That stuff was hilarious. Uh, like mm -hmm. where he would he first like I think first they show him going in to clean it, and then like later he like brings one of the uh, the prostitutes they hired like to that garage, um, and <laughs> that scene's hilarious because like he's like feeding her sausage from the car, and he, like he pulls out like a like a carburetor or something. I forget what it was. Uh, <laughs> yeah, whatever the. <laughs> Yeah, and then he like you know he he shoves it you know. <laughs> yeah, a tube. 
Of yeah, sorts. yeah. The, the, the two. And he puts thing. it in her. Yeah. That, no, that, that stuff was really funny. I, I thought that was a really funny segment. Um, but, you know, a lot of the other stuff I thought was, like, pretty stupid. Like, I, I, I guess uh, the, the arrival of that one, like, red haired chick who, like, who came here for that one guy, but just, like, banged everybody by the end yeah. of the night. Uh, like, th- that stuff was pretty funny, too. Just, like, see the guy, like, react to getting cucked. Uh, that was that, that was one, like, moment of humor that landed for me. Uh, just mm-hmm. kind of, just kind of you know, like, uh, th- the ways that they kind of shook up the formula uh, or, you know, revealed the the more base instincts within themselves uh, is, like, the stuff I really cared for. I didn't really care for a lot of the just, like, the very plain scenes of just them, like, eating or, like, talking about politics in very, like, vague and drab ways. Um, it just it just didn't appeal to me, you know? It just kind of, you know, it's the the style just, like, just, like, kind of flew over my head, I guess. Like, it just, it just wasn't for me. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, like, you know, I... I, I like when movies feel more penetrable in that sense where, where like I can, you know, I can, I can latch onto something and feel like I'm, you know, receiving feelings from that something, you know, it's okay. from, well, from some POV. Like it just, it just kind of, it was just like kind of a presentation in my opinion. Yeah. <laughs> it, I think, yeah, I, I think the, I think the movie's like really very emotional and I think it, for me, it's okay. very easy to latch onto the characters. Um, and I think a lot of that comes down to the way in which, which I, I kind of disagree with you here, the way in which the humor is intertwined so deeply with other emotions. And okay. I think the, I think any moment that could be played for laughs is also uh, reflective of a certain uh, emotion or, um, um, you know, empathy for each character and, I think it doesn't allow you to. I think it doesn't imprint one of those emotions, you know, humor or disgust, onto you. Um, I think it allows them to exist, to coexist, or um, allow one to power over the other. Um, okay. Okay. No. Yeah. I, I, I don't, like. Yeah. No. I, I don't. I don't. Yeah. I, I don't doubt that. Actually, like the idea of you know, uh, just them like wanting you to you know like like gasp at these things that are happening and like not condone them you know like and kind of just like portray the excess as like you know being really excessive you know it's a great comedic trick you know that that kind of like very maximalist satire and i think like that that's where the the tex avery influence comes in again too you know like where it's just like you know like very very like bright and colorful but also just like very like uh you know like grotesque and weird yeah. surreal um and i don't it, really it, know tex avery but um he, he he directed like various looney tunes shorts I okay believe. yeah i could be wrong about that that could oh, be okay. total <laughs> but um no he he's he's definitely like of a cartoon uh nature uh um, yeah mm-hmm. but yeah as i was saying i, I like uh, there's moments like when spoiler <laughs> you got Mar- frozen Marcello out in the snow. You know, it's it's like a funny image. He's like frozen, um, and yeah. um, Michelle is he's crying and, and screaming and uh, over his dead frozen friend, and mm. it's you know it's 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 played up. It could be played up for humor, and it could be viewed as uh, something to laugh at. 
but it's mm-hmm. so because it's so emotional. But it's it, something about the way that um, Ferrari approaches it. Uh, maybe it's just the length and and how drawn out the scene is, and and, and Coley's very sincere performance. It's it really connects and it hits, and it's it's not something funny, um, but I think you can get a laugh out of it, and I, and I like just looking at it and watching the the exact exchange, the exact reaction of Piccoli's character could be funny, but within this context, <laughs> it's emotional. And then immediately, Michelle's scene, he's playing at the piano and he's just farting like crazy. He's got insane yeah. indigestion and, it's, and he's playing music. It's very beautiful. He's doing stuff. He's doing something beautiful. He's doing the things that he's enjoyed most doing in his life. He's playing the piano. Farting. Um, he's, he's unable now to, to dance as he, had, as he had previously been doing, you know, and he kind of dies on, in this climactic note and in a very, like, operatic way that sort of reflects his, um, his life up to that point. And he falls over onto this banister and, and just is like still there. And it's very, you know, it, it very much um, kind of uh, thins the line between the humor and, and, and a very sincere um, portrayal. Um, That's interesting. Yeah, I don't know. If, yeah, I, 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 yeah, if somehow sincerity was not one of the things I took away from this film, to be honest. Really? Well, I think it's. Yeah. I, I think that that but scene is is so great because I'm glad you felt that it's way. so yeah. like it's so beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, sure, yeah, but it's I, I it's totally such it's also such a like seemingly comedic moment. It's it's a seemingly mm. but it, it's so deadly serious about it, and it it's just very interesting to me. It's it's like it's almost as if Ferrari isn't is intentionally like really working to make something that should be funny in scenes that should be very funny or are meant to seem goofy so very serious and and, and so very direct um, emotionally direct and, and I I don't know I really enjoyed those and and of course yeah um, Ugo's death scene when he's getting jacked off and fed it's like <laughs> you know it's so I, I think by that point almost it's almost hard to get any humor out of it because it's so it's yeah. it's so it's been so sad up to this point, and you're and you're at a point where this is like it's winding down. Two of your friends are already dead. You know, two people are contributing to this person's death because it's what he wants. They don't want to do it. But just imagining that scenario as like, you know, without watching the movie, imagining that scenario as as a very emotionally. Um, charge scene as opposed to you know like a, a goofy silly moment is hard <laughs> um yeah yeah but he just he, i think he just nails it um yeah yeah and and i will say i did also like the ending a lot for the way it, it leaves that one guy alive the the one who's planning to marry the red-headed girl and then they show you them married uh and they're kind of they're <laughs> They're mourning the loss of the three guys. It's just it was very unsettling in that fashion. The way they're, the way they're kind of tasked with carrying on those those barbaric traditions. <laughs> just it was you know I think that moment landed well for me. Yeah. Um, um, he died at the end. 
Well, he he he. I know he like he dies after that, but like. Okay. He, yeah. Gotcha. I'm I was. Talking, I thought you were. I was I'm like, was there an about... alternate ending? Because you said they got married. I was like. No, no, don't, don't. They're like, or they're like a planning to get married, right, or whatever. Like, yeah, I thought, like that's, yeah. Uh, okay, at the very least, they're like, they're like the couple that survived. Uh, yeah, of course, no, yes, and you get a moment as if it is like the final. Yeah, um, I'm talking about like the the bench moment where they're like, yes, you know, they're, yeah, yeah. Th I'm talking about that. Like, I thought that was a nice little satirical touch, uh, and then he he immediately dies afterward, like it where he when he like starts eating again. <laughs> And then he just, like, goes out and, yeah, I don't know. It, like, I, I'll at least say, like, that moment landed pretty well. But, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I guess, like, a lot of those emotional moments just kind of, like, flew over my head in a way and just, just weren't applied in the way I would have liked. Uh, but, hey, no, I, I understand where you're coming from. Like, it's it, it's it's cool what Ferrari did. And I, I, I would also be curious to see other films from him and see if they connect a bit more. Because uh, I think he has good filmmaking instincts. Yeah, um, I, I'm, I'm definitely mo in terms of what sets him apart as an artist to me. I'm, I'm very intrigued by his like insanely goofy premise, you know, and like super serious approach. Very, you hmm. know, raw, empathetic approach. I, I'm, I, I'm very intrigued by that in terms of how he uh, stands out from other. Um, artists um yeah sure yeah yeah no that makes total sense yeah i think yeah there were there were definitely some moments that landed in, in that sense uh but uh yeah and i'm i'm curious too like do like what do you feel um I'm curious how you feel about like it's it's portrayal of the the female characters too. Like what what do you like? I'm sure that could be like a potential criticism too. Is like you know they weren't given enough to do or whatever. Uh, yeah. Or like I, I'm curious like what you felt they represented to you like what they. Yeah. In terms of in terms of like ambiguity ambiguity that you referred to earlier, I think yeah. I, I it's sort of not really considered the the female school teacher who. I do think is a fairly like ambiguous figure and, and is, is a little mysterious in her motives in what she exists for. For sure, um, yeah. And so I think I, she was done really well in that way too. She was probably my favorite character in the movie, honestly. <laughs> yeah, no, and I think, yeah, I think that's, I think that's some of the things that I have reservations with. And I, I think the, the prostitutes are something that I'm a little, I was a little bit, uncertain of their portrayal and what their I guess their um, I guess their intention Ferrari's intentions were of using them within the story um, yeah. as sort of an extension of uh, kind of like a sexual object um, mm -hmm. but I, I wasn't um, you know I, I did I, I did feel sort of like um, as if they were mostly accessories and, and there wasn't like a particular like there wasn't things that particularly stood out about each one and and I don't I don't know but uh yeah I, was I, I think they were they were mainly you know there to be like another representation of the decadence that they fall for especially Marcelo's character was like very very horny <laughs> um, yeah yeah uh, so like yeah. you know it, it, it fit with the the whole like the idea of it being like this grand bacchanal like you know mm -hmm. 
this this like this like grotesque feast and you know like sex is part of that um yeah but yeah, yeah I, I i do yeah, think like, my biggest concerns are kind of mm-hmm. with how they're portrayed and, and okay, and okay i don't know if as much yeah. care is put into their portrayal as is the four guys who are very much um you know cared for and and even the the school teacher also gets that but i'm um, you know, uh, it's a little ambiguous to me. Sure. Who quite who she is, um, and I'm not sure if I entirely get that. Um, but but it it's, it is something to kind of to think about while you're watching the movie, and it's it's a fairly um, it's a fairly interesting wrinkle to kind of have this ambiguous figure and, and try to understand who she is and and what's motivating her to kind of care for these guys for sure um, yeah so yeah i mean I, I i relatively enjoy her presence i mean i enjoy mm-hmm. her presence but is her could her portrayal um have connected with me more yeah i mean pretty much okay um, yeah no that, that's interesting because yeah I, I i would say i mostly agree i i do still feel like you know she was probably one of the more interesting aspects of the film for me like again like I, I don't know. I think the, the, the four rich guys, like, I understand uh, now, like, what you're saying about, you know, uh, how some of those moments are very emotional, uh, like, at least, like, you know, subtextually, and kind of, I guess, like, for me, they just still felt kind of impenetrable, like, just as mm-hmm. as people in that sense. Um, but, like, I, I definitely, I'm starting to see it now. Like, this was a good discussion, and it, it definitely cleared up more of what the movie was doing for me. Sometimes with movies like this, I, there's it's like there's, like, a, like a like a glass like wall in between me and the movie it's yeah i know that, what you mean. That, just I needs to be, I, that just needs to be shattered kind of yeah um, well um yeah yeah um yeah, another no. thing is yeah the, wait is it. there something you want to say okay um no, no, the uh the i think that the the one there aren't very many like winks towards and you know like an outer society in the movie um but the house is like the only is the is the biggest direct connection to the past and to events proceeding, um, mm-hmm. in the form of just the way it's decorated. You know, its existence b- before they arrived as you know just a wealthy person's home, and then even prior to that, you have the tree under which the poet was inspired, and that's just a kind of like a a funny or I guess a contemplative wink at the audience from ferrari sure yeah just like this you know here's where this guy was was you know writing poetry and and doing all this beautiful stuff and and then here's where we're at now just sort of like just drawing an immediate parallel and allowing you to um think on that in a sense just okay well yeah i get that (laughs) there used Mm -hmm. to be a guy here who's doing poetry and now there's like this just this ridiculous thing going on what does that mean for sure yeah but but again it's it, he takes a he takes a hands-off approach to it he doesn't allow you to imprint any sort of meaning onto that that's true but he does that is the closest he gets to like winking at you in a sense <laughs> <laughs> yeah i do like i like the film quite a bit so yeah yeah yeah, I'd probably give it like a five out of ten or something. Um, okay. But it was it was still you know it was it was interesting. I'll say that much, and it, it it's fun to talk about. Good. Um, yeah. I mean, yeah, I'm trying to challenge you a little bit. You know, I get 
Yeah. <laughs> I'm giving you. I've thrown you some softballs recently. You know. Yeah, yeah, Just, no, uh, you know, it, I, I'm not, I'm not used to like European movies, I guess, like for whatever yeah, reason. European, like even, at all. Yeah, yeah, even, even when I was like in my, you know, my Criterion phase, like I mostly stuck to like old Hollywood or like silent era stuff, you know, like this, like this type of stuff never really appealed to me. So you know, I'm, I'm slowly, I'm slowly getting into like yeah, more I filmmakers. Mean, I think so far the French have had the biggest success rate, which is kind of cool, <laughs> but. Uh, you know, you know, I, I'm I'm still getting used to like a lot of Italian movies and yeah. Uh, I mean, there's just a huge variety in style. Like, it's not yeah, yeah. It's just a filmmaker to filmmaker thing. It, it's definitely it yeah. seems like like there's not you're not just like into like French new wave movies. It's just not gonna work that way, you know. I mean, um, I've I've liked Godard so far. I'm curious. No, to I see just mean like is. you're not into French wave French new wave movies. You're into filmmakers within a movement and it's yeah, yeah like, exactly. that's just how that's how i approach yeah well that's i mean yeah that's just how we you know you and i would approach that and it's it's so yeah. it can be daunting to think about movements uh on the whole or countries on the whole when there's really mm. just so many specific filmmakers within um and, there, and there's such a variety of styles within those um that's true yeah i mean at least that's what i've found so yeah hopefully uh that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, hopefully yeah, we'll we'll both keep pushing each other and we'll we'll see what comes of it. <laughs> yeah, totally. All right then. Yeah. So uh we can pretty much wrap it up. I'm uh, yeah. I'm still thinking of a of a special feature for next okay. time, a double yeah. feature. Oh yeah, also this movie's like an 8.5 out of 10 for me. It's really good. It's probably it's like okay. the best or second best movie we've watched so far. So um anyway <laughs> yeah anything more you'd like to say uh yeah nothing else you know go follow us on twitter uh at man's favorite pod yeah uh follow our individual twitters uh at 50 first gates for me and, for and you. i'm at top five lcj fan yeah yeah and uh yeah and other than that you know stay bundled up don't catch a cold take care Holy, of yourself yeah. take care of your yeah, family yeah, uh, totally. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was great. Good great episode. Best one yet. <laughs>